Well, good morning, church. Man, what a great opportunity to be together right here as the family of God to celebrate our risen Savior, to lift his name on high, to lift his name up in praise. Uh, What an exciting time to come together to celebrate our risen Savior. Thank you for being here this morning. We want to say welcome also to the guests that we have here this morning, and uh, what, what an exciting time to have you here as well. If you're looking for a church home, man, we'd love to invite you into our family to to share in that storytelling moment, to share that message of hope using the gift sets that God has given you right here at Cross Point, not only right here in our town, Grand Prairie, but in the metro and around the world. Uh, We have a couple of mission points that we're excited to be a part of and partner with. And uh, as was already alluded to by Luke this morning, we've got two special guests here this morning. Uh, Simeon, who is the director of Sam's Place, and you hear us talk about Sam's Place all the time uh, that you give toward, that you help support, and the 40 kids there, uh, along with their staff. Simeon, the director, is here this morning, along with Killian, who is going to be uh, undergoing some surgery here in the U.S. over the next few weeks. Uh, And so we want to welcome you guys uh, here with us this morning. Let's make sure that they have a good Texas welcome. That's about all I know of sign language. (laughs) Clapping. We are glad that you're here. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. I hope you've got your Bibles and will turn with me there. We'll be there in just a few moments. All of our text will be on the screen, of course, and eventually we'll get to Acts chapter 4 and 5. I hope you've got your finger placed there and be ready to turn to that story uh, as well. But this morning we start a brand new series. I know that you're a lot like me, that there have been moments in your life when you have been doing something, you said something, you voted for the wrong team, whatever it might have been. And you had a friend group that looked at you and said, you know, you're kind of weird. You've had those, you're laughing because you've had those moments, I know. This morning, we're going to start a brand new series over the next three or four weeks to talk about this idea of being weird for Jesus Christ. Because the thing is, is when we lean into the story of Jesus Christ, the world looks at us as if we were weird. And that's okay. I don't mind that, actually. When we interact with somebody who is maybe hateful and we don't respond back that way, the world looks at us and thinks, why didn't you attack? Why didn't you go after them? When when something happens to you in life, maybe you get laid off and you you simply go on your own way and you look for another job and you're not vindictive in the process, the world looks at that and they think, that's kind of weird. I would have done things a little differently. The way that we interact as family, although that we come from various and different backgrounds, different ethnicities... We don't care because we're all one in Jesus Christ. And the world doesn't look at it like that. They think that's kind of weird. And so over the next few weeks, I hope that you'll join us in this moment as we juxtapose two different uh, terms on every Sunday morning and kind of look at how we're being called to live our life in Jesus Christ. Today we're going to take a look at our purpose versus popularity. Because the world wants us to kind of dovetail into this idea of being popular when in fact we've been called to a purpose in Christ Jesus. And that might make us look a little weird to the world around us. Because who are we right now? You are the sum total of all the decisions that you've ever made in life. Good, bad, ignited, indifferent, whatever it might have been, you are the collection of all the different choices that you've made in life to this point. And the choices you make today will help determine the person that you're going to be tomorrow. And so the call this morning is that you and I would lean into the purpose of God in Jesus Christ 
and that we would claim that purpose for our own, that we would gain the heart of Jesus Christ within us to want to truly be everything that God's called us to be in his son, Jesus Christ. Church, we have such an extraordinary job in front of us, and what a wonderful tale, a story to tell the world around us. Jesus Christ is life-changing and awesome, and we want the world to know all about that. So we lean this morning into our purpose, better understanding that the choices we make today will affect who we are tomorrow. If you decide this morning to get involved in the drug scene, in the future, it's going to affect you physically, spiritually, mentally, relationally, the list goes on. If you decide to walk around with a chip on your shoulder, with kind of this hateful attitude, always in a frown, your list of friends is going to shrink to maybe zero. No one wants to hang out with a person like that. If you decide to eat a box of donuts a day, you're going to need to go shopping because you're going to get new clothes. Things are going to change for you. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment. Imagine for a moment. Just take a look around the room. Go ahead. Move your heads. It's okay. Imagine everyone that you knew liked you. Imagine everyone that you knew bought into your story and thought you were absolutely incredible, that you were the most awesome person. Everybody was in love with you. Now, I want you to hang on to that thought because it's never going to happen, (laughs) ever. Not everybody likes you, I'm sorry to say. Same with me, too. So pleasing people is tough. Pleasing God is possible. And so today we want to talk about leaning into our purpose. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment, every day you wake up, you put two feet on the floor and you start your day leaning into the purpose of God, leaning into the idea that you want to be the heart and soul of Jesus Christ. Imagine the passion that you could have in life if only your concern was about who Jesus was and how you proclaim in your life and not about what other people think. Can you imagine the shackles that would be broken in our lives if we decided not to worry about popularity, but I'm going to lean into my purpose. It's the one thing that you realize this is what I was created for. It's going to be my daily story. It's who I want to be. And I don't care what the world thinks about me because I want to give God praise all day long. This morning is a call for us to pick, pick purpose over popularity. But there are so many moments in your life and my life when we use something and we're not exactly sure what the purpose of that is. We use it for the wrong purposes. There there have been moments in my life when I was repairing something, hanging a picture, whatever it might have been in our home. Robin walks into the room and she's fairly certain that the tool I'm using is not the purpose for which it should be used. Maybe the hammer was too far away and I just grabbed the closest screwdriver and used the handle to tap that nail in. Could have been any number of things. But there have been moments when you haven't felt your purpose in life. And so many of us don't realize the purpose for our life. But if you don't know the purpose, here's the thing, church. We don't ask the created what our purpose is, we ask the creator what our purpose is. 
I don't listen to the voice of the world or my friend group or even my family. I lean into the voice of Jesus Christ, and I glean from that what life should be about. But you and I spend a lot of time asking those around us, do you like me? Am I good enough for you? Do I fit in here? Do you like the way I dress? Do you like the team I root for? Any number of things. And we end up finding and trying to discover value and purpose in all the wrong places. But church, if we look close enough, if we take the time to lean into the voice of God, what we'll discover along the way is that you and I are created for divine purpose and not for the purposes of this world. But the problem is when you and I are living for the approval of all those around us, it tends to defeat in us the purpose that God has for us. Because we're trying to live life out in the way everyone else thinks that we should. This morning, I want to dig into a character that will be well known to you. You're familiar with him. He's in the Old Testament. But he listened to the call of God. He leaned into his purpose, although he was resistant at first. He pretty much encompasses the book of Exodus. His name is Moses. Moses was one of those Israelites that was born in a time when the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And the group of people was growing so large that those that were in leadership in the Egyptian nation said, this group is getting too large for us to control. And so they began to tell all the midwives, when an Israelite baby is born, if it's a boy, I want you to kill it. Now Moses' mom didn't want that to happen, of course, and so Moses was born She kept him as long as she could and then finally put him in a basket. You know the story. Set him afloat on the Nile River. And then Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. He is the most powerful man in all the world at this moment in time. Pharaoh's daughter goes down to take a bath in the river and she sees the basket. She opens it up, discovers a baby boy, and she basically adopts Moses into the richest family in the world. Now, Moses grew up in all kinds of comfort. He had everything. He had the latest PS4 games. He had all the Nike equipment. He was on a a great traveling team, the best. They won all their games. He had season tickets for Oklahoma State football. It was incredible. (laughs) He had it all. But there was something within him, something within him that gnawed. I said, something's not right. And he finally discovered that actually he wasn't Egyptian. He was an Israelite. And one day he saw an Egyptian slaveholder beating an Israelite, and he intervened and killed the Egyptian. People saw him do that, and so they were going to rat him out. They were going to tell on him. And he got scared and ran away to a place called Midian, where he lived for 40 years, believing he had found his calling. He was tending sheep and goats, day after day, week after week, until finally he was out by himself with those sheep and goats one day, and he saw in the distance a bush burning, but it wasn't burning up, and so he approached that and realized that the bush was speaking to him, but it was God's voice coming to him, calling him into service. And they began a dialogue back and forth. He pushed, he resisted, he didn't want to to answer that call, but eventually he, he caved. And he said, okay, if this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to need my brother with me, but I will go, God, because you are calling me. And so he went back to speak to Pharaoh and to lead 
the entire Israelite nation out of bondage. Which brings us to our text in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 beginning. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose. Now, church, if you've got your own Bible, I want you to circle those two words. I want you to underline those two words, draw attention to those two words, because they're important for us in our faith walk. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses chose to lean into the purpose for which he was called. And this morning, I want to spend some time talking about that word purpose. Not, not big P purpose, but little p purpose. Because sometimes you ask people what their purpose is, and they kind of wig out. They kind of get weird on you. They kind of go a little crazy because, especially as young adults, they're not exactly sure what they're called to do. Should I go to this school and get this degree? Am I called to cure cancer? Am I uh, picked to to maybe join a government group and, and start some change in our governmental system? Am I called to be a missionary abroad on a, on a foreign area? Well, what is my purpose in life? But today I want to talk about our day-to-day purpose in Jesus Christ. What we're called and how we're called to live every day of our life. Because maybe you find yourself over a cup of coffee at a local coffee shop and you're talking to a friend who's really struggling in their life. And you listen to their story. You lean into their story. You pray with them. You quote scripture to them, reminding them of who they are in God. And so in that moment, your purpose is to be an encourager, a voice of hope. Maybe you feel called a specific day to meet a need. You get off the interstate and at the end of the on-ramp is someone who just needs a little change to to complete their day. And so you you give them a little change or, or maybe... You make a decision instead of being just a Sunday morning attender that you really get involved in a ministry of some kind and you begin to serve someone else. And so in those moments, you become purposeful. In those moments, you are listening to the voice of God. You see a need and you achieve and fulfill that need. Maybe you live and work in an office where there is a a psycho boss. I don't know. I told Luke not to mention anything. But in your office, guess what? The entire staff knows that's a place of peace in your office. That's a place where you can get a word of encouragement, a prayer for the day. And so for you, that is your purpose in the moment, that you're seizing and hearing what God is calling for you. Maybe you're a teenager at a local school, and you think, you know, I'm too young to really do anything. But in that moment, day-to-day with your peer group, you are being called to interact and be Jesus in those moments. Our youngest son, Garrett, uh, who is now 22, he was uh, lucky enough in Kansas, he was on a state championship 6A football team. Uh, got the big ring and everything for that. And eventually, when he was a, going to be a senior in high school, he'd kind of secured a starting running back position, one of the positions on the team. Uh, and he was excited about that, and Dad was too. I was going to you know, cheer my boy on, all that good, good stuff that happens with that. 
And the, the summer before his senior year, he knew it was his last summer with his youth group with that church before he moved to Texas with us. And uh, he, he wanted to go on the mission trip. Number one, he said, that's what Jesus would do. That's what I want to do. And I also want to hang with my friends one last time on this mission trip. The problem was there was a week-long football camp that was at the same exact moment. And so we talked about that, what he might be giving up if he bowed to popularity versus what he felt called in his purpose to do. He talked to the coach about it, and the coach uh, relented and said, hey, I understand. You need to go on your mission trip. So he went and came back, and the very first day of practice, on purpose, the coach put him in for the first play. And the first play that he called was a, a play that they had changed at football camp because Garrett didn't know it. Garrett took a wrong step at the hike of the ball, and the coach exploded, cussed him out in front of everyone, berated him in front of everyone, pulled him aside, and immediately demoted him to number four on the roster. Now, what I saw every Friday night was my son, who played no, no downs except special team. He walked up and down that sideline, hitting the guys on the shoulder pads, encouraging people, grabbing them by the helmet, telling them what a good job they're doing, explaining to other people how they might do their job a little bit better. What I saw was a guy who said no to popularity and yes to purpose. I wish I was that brave. And in our own lives, church, we're called to a larger purpose than ourselves. We're called to tell the story of Jesus Christ over and over and over again. And when we are faithful with the small things in life, church, God is going to bless us with greater things to do in life. And I don't know about you, I look forward to that. So this morning in our small time remaining, I want to give you just three ideas about purpose that I think will help us get through life, get through the day, and understand better how purpose achieves what God wants it too in our own lives. First of all, purpose diminishes distractions. Now, you and I are distracted by other people. We do a lot of comparing. We've talked about this before. I've used the illustration of an ice cream bowl. I'm eating my ice cream, and it's really good, and I shouldn't be eating it, but I'm eating it because it's really good. And then I look and I see you've got a bowl too, but you've got one more scoop than me and sprinkles, so all of a sudden mine's not good enough. I want yours. You've become a distraction to me. Shame on you. But that's what we do. We compare ourselves to one another because we get distracted in life. There's a story that happens about 420 B.C. in the Old Testament. It's a character you've heard of before. The Babylonians had taken all the Israelites into Babylonian captivity. And there was one particular guy who was the cupbearer to the king, a guy by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah understood and heard how Jerusalem looked. All the walls were torn down. Nothing was going well there. They were an oppressed people, those that had been left behind. Nehemiah was sad about that. The king noticed his sadness and asked what was going on. Nehemiah revealed that. And so the king said, listen, I'm going to make you governor of Judah. Why don't you take a contingent back and rebuild the walls around Jerusalem? So Nehemiah did just that. Took his group back. He's on purpose. And what I want to say too right now is that if you look around and you feel very called to do something that no one else is doing, that might be the Spirit tapping you on the shoulder saying, right now, this is your purpose. This is your calling. Lean into it. Don't wait. 
So Nehemiah gets back to Jerusalem. They begin building the wall. He's got people stationed all over. He's on top of the wall that's going up, up. But he's got opposition from the outside. There's a couple of guys by the name of Tobiah and Sanballat. And they like the status quo. They like that Jerusalem and the Israelites are not in power. And so they're there every day, demeaning, demoralizing. We're talking to Nehemiah up on the wall. Hey, you know, I, I think the Babylonian king might be upset that you've kind of set yourself up here as the new, the new patriarch, the new king, if you will. You're the new guy in town. I'm not sure. And so they begin to chastise him and talk to him. And finally they say, why don't you come down from the wall and let's talk about it. Let's talk about your real purpose. What should be going on here? And he says to them, sorry, guys, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Do you ever notice how distractions show up when you're trying to do the work of God? When you are involved in that daily Bible study, but things kind of pile up two weeks later? You want to have that intimate prayer life with your spouse, but life just gets in the way? You want to decrease your debt so that you can be more fruitful in God's kingdom, but things kind of occur along the way that you've got to take care of. That's what Satan does. He tries to distract us. You talk to yourself like Nehemiah, and I promise you, God will empower you to do great and mighty things to overcome those distractions. Believe me, church, there are distractions even at the church level right here at Crosspoint. I believe the Holy Spirit's doing great and mighty things in this place that we continue to grow on all levels, but there continue to be distractions, distractions all around. And I say what was made popular in a viral video many years ago by a lady named Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. No. No. We don't have time for distractions when we're doing the work of the Lord. We want to lean into his story. Maybe you're a student and you feel distracted at church, but lean into God's story and continue to do what he's called you to do in that moment. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and you feel isolated from the world, but those kids are banking on you to tell them the story of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're trying to get out of debt. You just chip away as best you can to you get to your end goal. Maybe you just need to be faithful at the job that you currently have, knowing that God's going to use you in that moment. Because what we understand along the way, too, is that purpose pushes you through pain. Because there is going to be pain along the way. There's going to be sacrifice along the way. You and I are going to have to give up some things when we follow Jesus Christ. Maybe some, some interaction we have with other relationships are going to have to go away. Maybe some special things that I had always thought I was going to do in life are going to go away because I'm leaning in to the purpose that God has called me to. And we have a great reward, church, when we listen to the voice of God and say no to the voice of the world. He's going to do great things in our life. And when we make a decision like Moses to listen to the voice of God, there is no pain that will slow us down, no opposition that will deter us. God's going to be purposeful in our life. There is no critic that can stop us from spreading the message of Jesus Christ in the world in which we live. We will not be slowed down by the critics that exist around us. We're reminded that purpose also empowers you to please God. Purpose empowers us to please God. It's exactly what Moses tapped into in his story, and he faced all kinds of opposition. 
there were those there were leaders in Pharaoh's court that reported him and opposed him. Pharaoh himself opposed him. Even Moses' own people opposed him. They didn't even want him to be their leader. And Moses said, listen, I don't have time to listen to the popularity contest. I'm leaning into the story of God, and I'm listening to his call into my purpose right now. It's what he's called me to do. The early church was the exact same way. Acts chapter 4 and 5 Jesus has already ascended back to heaven, and the the early church has been launched in Jerusalem. And every day the disciples are preaching this message of Jesus Christ. They're speaking the name of Jesus Christ out loud in the temple courts, on the steps, in the marketplace. And the religious leaders of the day call those disciples in. And they say, stop talking about Jesus. Do you ever notice simply the power of the name of Jesus. You say the word Jesus and people start to squirm. People get upset. People don't want you to even say Merry Christmas because it has the word Christ in it. People get upset. And the disciples are sitting in this confined area with these religious leaders that are saying, you can't say this story anymore. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. And in Acts 5, 29, Peter and the rest of the apostles say, we must obey God rather than any human authority. We're not bowing to the popularity contest here. We've got a story to tell about an incredible Savior, a risen Savior, who is the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we will not be stopped as we tell this story. Living to please People, church, keeps us from the purposes of God. It holds us back. And you and I are called to lean into the story of God in His Son, Jesus Christ. We can't please everyone, but we can please Almighty God with our faith and our desire to listen to His voice and lean into our purpose for Him. Our text continues to say in Hebrews, verse 26, Moses thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Church, following Christ is of greater value than anything this world could possibly offer. So we lean into the story of Jesus Christ knowing that he has our best at his heart. We lean into his story knowing that we're called to live life out in such a way that we give him glory in all that we say and we do. We don't answer to the script of the world. We reject that and say yes to the voice of God in our life. And so you tell yourself, I'm going to be faithful in this moment I've been given today. Maybe that moment, again, is a a stay-at-home parent who's pouring into their kids Maybe it's a a childless couple who makes a decision to adopt or open their home as a foster. It could be a a decision to say, I'm going to be the peace in this place of work that seems to be chaotic. I'm going to be more than just a Sunday morning Christian. I'm going to really get involved in ministry and serving and helping other people. And why do we do that, church? Because the choices that we make today make us who we are tomorrow. 
And so the call this morning is that you and I would lean into the purpose of God. That you and I would ignore the voice of the world and intently listen to our purposes that are explained to us through the voice of God. That you and I would surround ourselves with other like-minded people whose desire it is to be like Jesus. And so this morning, church, is a call for us to, to be weird. As we look at the world around us, we let them say what they want to say because we know how incredible our Savior truly is and the purpose he's called us to in our own life. And maybe this morning there's some of you here that, that you're struggling with your purpose. You're not exactly sure what that is. You wonder what direction that you might need to go. And so this morning as we sing this next song, our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room. And I would encourage you to go see one of them. Let them pray for you. Let them pray over you. Let them lay hands on you. That the Spirit would, in your own life, make it very clear what you're called to do, what you should do, your purpose in this moment. And maybe this morning you're saying, I've never publicly said that Jesus Christ is my Lord, and today's the day I want to make that happen. And so today we can baptize you into Jesus Christ, be raised a brand new creation, and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can leave this place ready to tell the story of Jesus Christ, empowered by purpose in your own life. My hope is this morning, church, that you and I will lean into the story of God and not pay much attention to the popularity contests that exist out there. My hope is the Spirit is speaking to you this morning that will move you, continue to move you to do powerful things in your life. Let's stand and praise his name together.